saw on your Instagram you put like your hats in a drawer. Yeah. Is R2? that like is that Next so you know front. not to wear them again so you don't reuse anything? No, that's all the new ones. That oh, that's all the new yeah, ones. Yeah, that's uh, that's right at my front door. Ah. And so I walk down because <laughs> yeah. Mike and I were trying trying to figure that out. What was it last week? No, or no, something no. like that. That's yeah. Cool. So I've got this. Amy put this dresser right at the front door. <laughs> it's got my all my glasses, sunglasses, regular glasses, all my hats, toboggans, gloves, all the oh, it's in there. Shop. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. That is so that's idea. half of the hats. Like if I could fit more hats, I would. That's only half of them. I got that more is a great upstairs place for hats. I swear. Yeah. It's like you know because it's like you're always running out the door. Yep. Oh, I forgot something. Yep. That's, you, that's you don't have to go idea. far. It's, like it's a always, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing we don't got downstairs is coats. And we've got a coat closet, and she wants me to get the coats out of it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. That's what the freaking closet's for. <laughs> but anyhow, same way at the beach house. We've got a beach house with a utility closet and a hanging space for jackets. And she says, uh, don't hang your coats in there. I'm like, well, it, it, they take up so much damn room in your closet, right? Yeah. You got a small closet. You want to put your coats in the coats in the you know the coat closet in the hall, right? That makes that's what it's all designed for. This I is, thought this is this, this is also going on in my house. My wife keeps taking my coats off the coat rack by the door and putting them in your closet in my closet because she says they're too heavy for the coat rack. And I'm like, then what's the point of the coat rack? Yeah. It's too heavy. It's not yeah. like I got cinder blocks attached to them. Yeah. Why can't my coats be on the coat rack? Yeah. I don't understand. There's a justice for Mike's coat. Yeah. What's going <laughs> on? Yeah. What's going? I mean, the, I guess the um, the wives are crossing crossing the line. Well, I mean, you know, they're 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 uh, they wield <laughs> a certain amount of power, and they are changing the use uh, functionality of the coat closet. It That's is now. Right. It is in. Right before our eyes, becoming something completely different, and we must uh, adapt. We or do something about it. Uh, probably not. Well, probably I want not you gonna, to do it first. Probably, <laughs> yeah, probably not going to do anything about it. Other Next than, thing, our toolbox is going to turn into a makeup kit. <laughs> Mine's a liquor cabinet, so I kind of liked that change. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Did it get up? Am I hung over? What? Nah, a little slightly. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing here. Are you kidding me, Mike? Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. It's Thursday, March the 9th, 2023, episode 423. Every time we come in here to do this show, Mike, we've been trying to come up with a name. And every time there's a new name on the top of the of the show sheet. Today's name is the Honey Roast. Let's, what, what is that all about? It's just because, you know, we talk so highly of our guest after the show. It's like a little bit of a honey roast. And then, you know, I don't know if you want to talk shit about somebody after. We could change oh. it to just the roast. But the roast? Yeah. All right. So um, I don't know if honey roast is going to stick. What do you think? I've never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. It's the honey roast. Never heard it's a southern say. thing. Is it? it is. How, would I, how did I know that? And you guys didn't. I, don't I have know. no clue. Never heard That's it. a southern thing. Yeah. I thought it was because me and Amy were doing the questions. It was like a honey. Oh, that roast. would make more sense. Well, that makes yeah. more sense, yeah. but didn't come through my okay. mind. But all right. Well, anyways, um, we're gonna have to keep working on this name. Damn, over too. Yeah, <laughs> but, but keep doing it because doing I, it. I, I got I, I got like more in the chamber. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> I got more yeah. in the chamber. Don't worry. And the name of the show changing every week is kind of uh, comical. So, um, anyways, back at the back at the Bojangles studio and reacting to a great interview with Tyler Reddick yesterday. Uh, Tyler's a lot of fun to talk to. Guy is, uh, 
I mean, he comes in with a great attitude. I love the fact that he goes on door bumper clear, and I hope that it encourages other drivers to do so um, because it's kind of that show. It's that show where the drivers can go and goof around and, and be themselves. And uh, not that they can't do that on this show, but those door bumper clear guys are goofballs, and that's kind of what the thing is. Yeah, but, I like uh, to think that we get the best out of drivers and they get the worst out of drivers. There you go. Well, I hope that Tyler will encourage others to uh, to come over to Dirty Mo Media and, 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 and see some of our folks. But, uh, you know, one thing that we didn't get to, uh, I want to point out right away. He said early in the interview, the road ran out a couple times. Talking about, we never, you know, the, the interviews that we usually do, Mike, are... Typically, hey man, this is where he's. This is how did you get your start? Let's walk through your career, and you know, we kind of we still like to do those interviews, but sometimes, especially when we get current drivers in, you kind of want to ask them about the now, like what's going on in the sport. Of course. And uh, but there was one thing that he had, that he mentioned is uh, talking about his career or his younger days is the road ran out a few times. He almost almost felt like that there were points where his career just about fizzled. To nothing. And, uh, man, I wanted to ask him about that. Um, it, he's a busy man. Uh, he had to run to, uh, you know, do other things, had some meetings and uh, doing all, you know, we talked about that, uh, how busy he has become and how difficult that is, how difficult the life is of a cup driver. Uh, it is, I got to be honest, man, I, I would not cut it. Well, you actually mentioned uh, when you asked him yesterday about, how did you say it? Oh, is it, it? Does he have a tendency to get lazy when he's in the sim? Is that how you asked it? I can't remember. But yeah. when he's in the sim, in in his answer was no. He's treating it like he's in a real car. I'm just thinking back to if you were in the sim as often as they are, what would you be saying? And I absolutely understood that yeah. question. I understood that you'd be like God because as much as you listen, hated testing, I know I've done I've done the sim, and there were moments when there is this weird thing that happens when you're in the sim. Okay. You go there, you're excited to do it out of the gate because if you like sim racing at all, like I did, it's just a big sim. Uh, it's just you're going to sim race, but you're going to run laps by yourself. You're not going to be racing other people online like you do at home. But it's still a really cool technology, so you're kind of excited to climb into this thing and, and drive. After about 30 minutes, that's when the work begins. And they're like, hey, man, you feel like you've got a grasp of how to get around the racetrack and do this repeatedly all day long and run pretty much the same line. Yes, okay, now the work begins. And there's times when you're sitting there driving the car and you're like, are we learning anything? Are we absolutely learning anything here? Is all of this for a waste of time? You have those thoughts. Anytime that you're ever doing something and that crosses your mind, it's a dangerous little space to be in. Hmm. Am I wasting my time? And because you're 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 on the cusp of completely checking out, and so you know, there's there were times in a, in a, at a real test when I would get so damn frustrated because either we weren't making the car faster, we weren't fixing the problem that I had in the middle of the corner, or whatever it was, you know. And you're just di- you're looking at the time sheets, and you're not getting faster. Everybody else is improving, and you're just you get so mad and frustrated that. You're no longer productive, and and you whether you think you did or not, you've sort of checked out, and you're no longer a, a you know you're kind of wasting your time, and so um, 
if that can happen on a real track and a real test and real practice, absolutely in a sim uh, closed off in a building, uh, you can you can certainly think, man, are we silly for doing this? There are some moments when I've had that kind of cross my mind, but I'm, I'm, I was happy to hear his response that it has become a bigger tool, a more critical tool. It is so it is so important that they treat it, uh, you know, professionally and 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 squeak every ounce of information they can. If he's willing to go through ten ideas and find even one that works, mm. you know, he's worth. He says it's worth the time. I was I was happy to hear that because. I think it validates my point that sim racing, iRacing, driving a sim, all of those things are a nice tool to real-world drivers. And so where you know, I'm telling you, man, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I was laughed at when I would tell people that I thought iRacing could make them a better race car driver. By me. Yeah. I admit it. And I had no idea, of course, that it would be – I wouldn't even call it a valuable tool. I'd call it an essential resource now, the way the teams are using it. Yeah. Um, I got a question for you, and I got a reason for asking this question, but I'm not going to tell you the reason. I'm just going to ask it. When you think back to Tyler Reddick's tenure here at Junior Motorsports, what what, what do you think back to? Like what what the championship would yeah, be the I'll obvious tell you right season. now? Go ahead. So, Tyler, uh, we we had an appearance, and Tyler showed up hungover, and he felt like he felt miserable, and in I didn't I just you know watched him during that appearance and I didn't say a word to him but I was watching him and he knew that I knew he wasn't feeling good and he knew that I knew why Tyler Reddick came up to me at the end of the day and said this will never happen again I promise you this I will never be in this situation again I'm sorry and you know I will I will I will not I will not let you down and I was really taken aback because, you know, typically drivers don't do that. Uh, typically, they you know, they show up hungover or show up unprepared or whatever, right, or, or just generally don't show any interest at all in, at, a func- at, a, at, a, at a sponsor function. Um, it's disappointing, but they don't come up to you and apologize or mm. they don't have enough self-awareness, right? Um, but he did. He said, man, I've made a mistake. And I won't ever do this again. And I promise you that that I'm gonna grow from this. And he did. He went in and backed that up. And I mean, over the next three or four years after he moved on from us, he continues to be better off the track, be a better person, work harder, be more accountable, be you know, be available to his team. That was the one thing that I think I was worried most about him was that. He had the talent and the ability. Much he had plenty of raw ability to drive a race car, but did he really understand how to take the rest of it seriously? Mm. And would he um, would he adapt? Would he would he a- apply all of the things, all the resources around him? Would he use them right? Um, the training and the and the and, and the studying, the note taking that he says he's trying to get better at. All of those things would he apply it? A team like. Hendrick Motorsports, for example, they're not going to walk up to you and say, and this is for every driver out there listening, teams, me too, all right, at Junior Motorsports. Nobody's going to come up to you and go, I want you to train this much, I want this much note-taking, and I want this much time allocated to X, Y, and Z. 
You're supposed to figure that out. Mm. You're supposed to know that. You're supposed to want to do more than adequate, right? And so nobody was going to walk up to him and go, you're not, you need to do this amount of this and this amount of this and this amount of this during the week. He was supposed to figure that out, and he did. And so, you know, if you don't take the notes and you don't, you know, you at Hendrick Motorsports, you might have one driver that would come up with four pages of information after the race for his crew chief. And then another driver that might hand in one page of just, you know, a couple sentences and a couple of brief comments. They would even give you a piece of paper with the questions on it. Mm. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. Tell me about this. Explain this. Explain that. And so some drivers are going to really pour in and give you more than you need, which is what everyone should try to strive to do. And some drivers might not even fill it out at all. And were they ever going to come to you and go, you got to do this? No. They were just going to find somebody who would. Wow. And so... This is a, such a great observation. Well, that was the one thing with him, right? He he could be amazing behind the wheel, but if he doesn't figure out the rest of it, you'll find somebody that will. Yeah. Right? And so just like if you, you know, I can have a fast race car driver, but if he crashes my car three out of four weeks, I'm going to find a guy who don't crash it. He might be a little slower, but he damn sure crashes less. That's good. You know, so you weren't going to say, hey, stop crashing. You would just find the non-crashing driver. And so... You know, it's it's fascinating to me that he's he's self-aware. The thing about him getting himself out of the car at Martinsville, it's just he's got good self-awareness, and hopefully that serves him going forward. The thing I remember about that year when he won the championship for Junior Motorsports is that that year, appearances and, and hangovers aside, it wasn't gravy. Even, you know, even the competition folks, you know, there was, especially in the summer, there was some rocky road there between yeah. them, and you know, there, and I, I think it's fair to say that there were folks, you know, that are important folks here in this organization that weren't quite sure. I don't know, weren't quite sure about Tyler Reddick, and this is even before he announced he was leaving to go to RCR. The reason I remember that so well is that nobody thought he was going to go off and win a championship. Like there were other drivers in this organization that were far more likely to win a championship than he was, especially the, the summer that he had where he just couldn't string together some good, good races, good performances. And he was getting down on himself. And yeah. I think he was losing confidence. And then he comes and rallies and then wins this damn thing, which was unbelievable. But I remember none of us really knew how to celebrate that because he was leaving. Yeah. And there was a, you know, kind of a, uh, a weird summer and so like that 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 was i guess that point is i've never knew how to express how much we appreciated the effort that he did not just to win a championship but to rebound yeah. from all that was against him during that year got to give uh to you got to give rcr a lot of credit because when he when he left here he he wasn't finished uh he wasn't a finished product he still had some work to do right on getting better and becoming better. And they give him an environment where he continued to improve, right? Yeah. He, he did that for himself, but they also, he, you know, some cultures might not, in, you know, he could have went the other way. He might not encourage him to continue to improve, but they continue to surround him with, uh, you know, the support and the motivation to continue to get better off the racetrack. And 
they they did have a fantastic year to win a championship. I'm glad you asked him the question at the end about does he pay attention to Kyle Busch. I think that we're all thinking it, yeah. and we don't even know how to ask it. And I thought he gave a pretty honest answer, but like that's a, that's such an important thing. You want to know how your old team and your old company and all this stuff is doing. You damn yeah. sure pay attention to it. Yeah, I love that answer as well. I, that he's a great interview. Um, if you stop in your question and say, "Hey, man, I want I wonder if you'll a- honor, answer this honestly," that small little challenge is all he needs. Yeah. And so um, he's a good he's a good fun interview and thinks about. You know, he contemplates his answers and tries to be – he tries to, you know, give you something, you know, interesting to hear. And uh, I really appreciate that about him. So he's going to be fun to talk to going forward. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or the property. It's the location and neighborhood, Dalton. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when we say in-depth, we're talking deep in-depth. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, a home, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. One of the things I talked about Tuesday, the Cars Tour season opener is this week. The Cars Tour season begins. Uh, Southern National Speedway is our first stop. We have talked about all of the news surrounding the Cars Tour late model stock and pro uh, pro late model uh, series and uh, now that I'm an investor, uh, we're going to be talking about you know what's going on in that throughout the year from time to time. But if you want to watch it live, Southern National Speedway is where you need to go, or you can tune in to Flow, and uh, you can buy basically the yearly subscription to get everything at Flow, including the Cars Tour. It's affordable, in my opinion, for what you get and everything you get to see. And so this is a great time for us to drop into our Short Track Insider uh, segment Hannah Newhouse has all the goings on in the grassroots racing across the country. Welcome back to another edition of Short Track Insider. And before we get to 
what to watch this upcoming weekend, and trust me, there is plenty of it. Let's talk about what you might have missed this past weekend. A big race down at Cherokee Speedway with the Southern All-Star Series. It was Chris Ferguson who won big at Cherokee in the Ginger Owens Memorial, taking home a $20,000 check. His cousin, Carson Ferguson, came home second, a battle of the families down there at the Southern Racetrack. Also, Hickory Motor Speedway opened up their season. Their local late model stock division ran two late model stock features. Man, some carnage taking place in those features. But it was Doug Barnes Jr. sweeping both of them. And then, of course, if you watched and listened last weekend, well, it was the Battle of the Stars at New River All-American Speedway, really headlining late model stock racing over the weekend. And it was Brendan Queen, Butterbean, better known in the world of late model stock racing, who took home the $20,000 paycheck in his first ever start there. Coming up this weekend, though, man, there is plenty to be talking about. And the first thing that comes to the mind of everyone on the docket is the Cars Tour season opener is finally here. They're going to headline their season at the Southern National Motorsports Park right outside of the Charlotte area. All of those races, again, we've talked about it, are on Flow Racing this year. It's a huge opportunity. A lot of people already have Flow Racing downloaded for many other facets of racing. And now the Cars Tour able to add that. So they'll kick off this weekend uh, their their full schedule. And they recently also announced the new voices of the tour being Eric Brennan and Blake McCandless. And, you know, I'm going to make a connection here for you. Eric, of course, a voice around the Southern region, but Blake is one of those stories that comes from iRacing. You know, we've seen drivers now getting the opportunity to drive real race cars coming from the world of sim racing. And Blake is one of those announcers now coming from the world of iRacing and sim racing and now getting the chance to be the voice of the Cars Tour. We caught up for them before this weekend's race, and here's what he had to say. You know, I tried really hard to just think of one driver, but I got to go with two drivers that I'll be watching this weekend. First off, uh, I think you have to keep your eye on Brendan Butter being queen. The winner of the South Carolina 400 last fall, a newcomer to the Cars Tour, touring 12 this year, and, and even this past weekend, won the $20,000 to win Battle of the Stars at New River All-American Speedway, beat a number of Cars Tour's competitors to do it. I just think the hot streak that he's built up with Lee Pulliam performance very early on in that part partnership going to be very tough to beat so definitely keep your eye on Brendan Butterbean Queen but I think if we're talking about Southern National if we're talking about this area in Central North Carolina you can't go any further without mentioning Deke McCaskill the 2016 series champion two of his nine wins in the Cards Tour uh, have come at this racetrack and it's just been so strong at Wake County Speedway and Southern National over the years I mean he was winning limited late model races at Southern National in 1994 when most of this field wasn't born yet so so I think in terms of a young star, you got to go with Brendan Queen. And if you're going with a veteran, got to go with Deke McCaskill this weekend. Man, plenty of big hitters headed to Southern National Motorsports Park, and I'm excited to tune in this weekend. Hear both Eric and Blake, and of course, watch the racing unfold, because while the season may seem long in the grand scheme of it, it's not. And a lot of guys looking to get their foot off on the right start this weekend at Southern National Motorsports Park. Also this weekend, down in Florida is the Sunshine State 200 with the ASA All-Star Series. And again, if you're unfamiliar, that All-Star Series is a national touring super late model series sanctioned by ASA and kind of a conglomerate of CRA as well. All of the big super late model series came together, took all of the big key marker super late model races, and essentially made it a super late model series national tour. So that race starting this weekend down at Five Flags. You can watch that on Racing America. Also, weather impending, the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars go from Florida up to Port Royal Speedway up in Pennsylvania. They'll race there this weekend, that available on Dirt Vision. 
and the Extreme Midget Series kicks off their 2023 campaign. Well, they are probably the only smart ones this weekend because they race indoor at DeCoin. Uh, you know, they're they're racing in essentially a stadium. So fortunately for them, weather not uh, pertinent this weekend, but a lot of big names going there. Uh, and it's always great to watch some more indoor racing before they head outdoors for the rest of their regular season. And this weekend, if you're around the Carolina region, the Smart Modifieds are at Caraway, and you're going to have to be there in person to watch all of that action. So, so excited that the short track racing season really starting to fire up and we'll talk more about it next week here on Short Track Insider. Man, that's a great segment. I love uh, hearing everything that's going on in the grassroots and short track racing around the country. The Battle of the Stars, it was an interesting moment during that race. I was watching that on Flow and... Um, I think it was Connor Jones. They inter- they they uh, interviewed him during the race, and um, he had this freaking terrible interview. He was like, um, "So they're at a racetrack where there's 200 laps and the tires wear out, right? And they everybody's saving tires, right? They're saving tires is part of racing, right? There's some racetracks that are very abrasive, and you just don't go out there and run qualifying laps. It's ridiculous." But it's a nice strategy. And so they run sort of they, – they all have their own idea of how hard they need to run, mm. right, to be able to be good at the end of the race. It is a different way to play the game, and I find it very compelling. They went to interview him, and he said, this sucks. I hate this kind of racing. Riding, <laughs> riding around saving tires is stupid. And I thought, what a <laughs> – What a what? Finish that thought. Oh, man. What a d- just I would have <laughs> I would have preferred him not shit all over yeah the show right right I mean he's in the show he's right. an actor he's on the, of the show. he's an actor on the stage saying don't watch this it sucks yeah and so um and apparently he didn't do it very well because he didn't win the race so um, Butterbean ends up winning the race your buddy I like Butterbean. yeah he's doing it man he's had a he had a good start to the year. Tiff Powers' husband was the crew chief of that car. Whoa! Yeah, Doug Powers. That's the reason Butterbean won. Man, Doug I'm, Powers. He's working for the wrong team. Tiff Powers is our head of content here at Dirty <laughs> Mill Media. So, Doug Powers out there getting it done in yeah. the late models. Well, I uh, <laughs> look, Butterbean's the threat to win this Cars Tour championship, the way he's been running uh, with Lee Pulliam and that team. But I was sitting there thinking, Come on, kid, what are you doing? You're ruining this. You're ruining the show with that kind of conversation and talk. I mean, if you're frustrated and you don't like doing this style of racing, that's one thing, but keep it to yourself. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, the Short Track Insider Man is going to come to you uh, as often as I can encourage it. Uh, and Hannah's doing a wonderful job for us there. So we have a new segment here on the download. It's called It's Viral. We're going to take some crazy viral stories from the internet, react to them, and then flip it around on us. Oh. So you guys ready? Yeah, yeah, let's hear this. So there's an XFL quarterback. His name's Quentin Dormandy. And he was released after he re- allegedly gave the opposing team his team's playbook mm. that they were playing this weekend. Now, the league's still reviewing it, a situation and investigating it, but he was released. So the, clearly the team investigated it yeah. and decided to cut him. So... What would it take you guys to – how much would it take money-wise or what would it take for you to be a traitor to your own team? Did, did he get money for that? Allegedly, he, he, allegedly he did. sell it or yes, give it? sell it. So he took we, – we think he took money. In exchange for it. 
Oof, he was a lot. backup quarterback, so yeah. probably got paid off more than he was making. I um, <laughs> I have so <laughs> I have these I have setup sheets from HMS from '08 to 2013. I mean, I have a filing cabinet full of setup sheets, man. Everything on there. Um, every time we would get, you know, we would get all this information and mailed to us and I'd print it all out and uh, it's very um, I would never let that get in the wrong hands even today mm. this information that is literally a decade old I would I wouldn't I would be ter- I would be very uncomfortable with like posting it anywhere on social even though the information is outdated it's sort of the optics of you know, it's basically kind of, in my opinion, like screenshotting a text conversation that you're having with somebody and then putting that in your Instagram feed mm. without that person knowing. And even if it's harmless, you didn't ask them, right? You got to ask somebody to bring them on that journey so that they know, hey, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't think this is funny. And I'm going to share this with the world. And so if I won't even do that, if I'm even uncomfortable with that, and this is 10 years old, this information about our cars, um, I can't imagine uh, what would make somebody want to take information that's current and that's so valuable and give it to the competition. Um, You know when you're doing that, that you're pretty much committing career suicide. Am I right? I mean, no, he's unhirable now. Right, but I can imagine a scenario that would put you into <laughs> that situation to do it. I'm not saying you would do it if it was just, you know, just a straight-up sell. But, like, yeah. if – I good. I mean, listen, yes, none of us would do that. That's traitorous is what that would do. Yes. However, the question is, is, it, is there a situation which you would consider being a traitor? No. And the – well – if the head coach had publicly told me that I or publicly said to the world that I'm a no good piece of shit, and that he cannot wait for my contract to expire so I can, he could get rid of me so he never has to see me again. And also if I was not playing and that everybody around me I hated them. I tell you what. And they offered me 100 million dollars. Wait, I mean come on. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a situation in which I would consider being a traitor. <laughs> Everything's got a price tag. That's my point. Yeah. He said, Dale said, I can't imagine a situation. Well, I'm just saying, I can imagine a situation. Yeah. All right, all right. You I win. Can, I, <laughs> um, I think, you know, if that – okay, I mean, if the other team hired me and I just happened to have the playbook, look, if, if another team hires you, you're absolutely taking all the information that you have and you're going to give it to them, hand it to them. Yeah. You ain't going to have to pay me for that. Wow. Get, <laughs> no, that's that's bold. Yeah. That is different. <laughs> that but, happens in the NFL. Yeah, I, yeah I always all the time. But how many times do does a team pick up a player from the opposing team? They're getting ready to play. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you have to change your signs, right? So this guy might not have done his due diligence. And he just might have gave it, gave it before they signed him. And like, well, we don't need you now. We okay. Have so I think I've I I think I've just I've established this. Okay. All right. I would not give information that I have to any competitor, any competitor, unless I have became part of that team. 
Now, if I get hired by that team and I'm part of that team and I have information on the team that just let me go and that, that we're going to have to eventually play, I'm sharing that information. Wow. Yeah. Hey, that's why there's no, you know, there's, 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 there's those year long or two year long no hire clauses. When the crew chief gets fired, he can't go back and, or, you know, if a guy gets let go, he's got to, he can't get hired immediately by the, uh, the opposing race shop. Um, you know, there's sort of, Lot, rules in the contracts and so forth. Yeah, non-disclosure. Yeah, and so I mean that's why those exist because it's totally, it, it's totally, I guess acceptable that if the guy didn't have a non-disclosure, then he's going to go take that information, and that's nothing. And there's that's not bad on him. If you, so you're saying if instead of retiring at Hendrick, you would have been hired by Richard Childress to go there and run a car, you would. Those those setup sheets that you yes. have in your possession, you would give them up. Yeah. Hmm. If I thought they were going to make me fast and win, I'm at a new job, hmm. and I've got information. You think I'm just going to keep that in my pocket? I don't know. You said earlier like you couldn't imagine a situation, so it sounds like you found one. Yeah. Well, I I, I was at first imagining not being hired by the four, other team. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, we're kind of getting in the weeds, but. I feel like that. Now, I'm yeah, learning a lot. You've, you've <laughs> I'm learning a lot about you. <laughs> I, I wouldn't give the information up just to somebody. I wouldn't give the information up to somebody else because they're the opposing team still. Even though yeah. I'm fired by this other team or let go by this other team, they're still the competition to me. I don't want them to win. I don't want them to have success on my on because of something I did, and I'm not going to benefit from it. And so, even if they're paying me money, I still feel like a a, a snake. Yeah. And so. But if they hired me and said, man, we're hiring you to come to this team, uh, yeah, if you have information to make us better or yourself better, you're going you're gonna to use it. You know, you know how NFL teams – or not college teams, they'll hold up that poster board and it has like random things like Dwight Schrute yeah. and then like a piece of yeah. you know, cake and then all this stuff. All you're needing to know is what to look at, right? And when a team goes to another team, I always wondered – you know, if they went and shared, like, hey, look, if they hold up a poster board with a lava lamp on it, mm-hmm. that means they're running the ball, you know, yeah. or something like yeah. that. And I know that's also why the teams, what I would assume, change up their signs, right? Yeah. But that seemed to be, like, something you could share with another team if you go to the other team, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's not only the playbook. It's just the things that activate certain, uh, you know, pictures. Anyways. Yeah. All right. A Canadian woman and a cardiologist from Georgia won the annual conch shell blowing contest in Key West this past weekend. Brian Cardis of Macon, Georgia, played Jimmy Buffett's Fins, while Carol of Ontario blew her conch the loudest and longest compared to her competitors. Now, you're judged off the quality, duration, and loudness produced, and another man also played Hound Dog by Elvis Presley in one. So my question for you guys is, what's the most obscure competition or event you've been a part of or attended and have you ever won anything from that that's pretty obscure yeah first of all i don't think it's pronounced conch i think it's conch conch. shell conch Conch. i thought you said conch yeah i might have said conch conch. i did say conch it's conch Conch. Conch shell okay so your question is what's the most and you're leaving that in (laughs) (laughs) okay so the question is what what's the most obscure competition or event you've been a part of and have you ever won anything from that no. You need an example? I was a judge at a Hoosiers pageant, but, um, I mean, that was pretty random. Uh, Dang, that's not a bad gig. Yeah. I think I did that twice. Um, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't get to go to that. I don't – I don't know. Um, I didn't never get into nothing too obscure. <laughs> yeah. 
I, there's been some obscure, random crap that has been requested of Dale I will that say he this, turned that, down, yeah. and rightfully so. I thought, that's what I thought. I will yeah. say this. So, um, there is, I have, um, I worked with Martin Trex Jr.'s foundation, and uh, they take us, they once took us into a, uh, we sat down with all the all the kids that they were working with, uh, some of their patient heroes, and um, me and my wife and, and other drivers and wives and everybody, and we sit down and the goal is that this is the job, you know, the, the task at hand was to paint a sandcastle, mm-hmm. right? And that was a that was a competition that I've won. I won. I had best sandcastle. This has been a very beach theme. We, now it's making sense. He said on Tuesday, uh, you know, that he went yeah. to the beach. That's, that's I a good have, point. So I have the one I painted still, and I have Amy's too, and I keep them, uh, and she doesn't like that. But I keep them. I've got them hung up in the garage in my house. And um, it wasn't an official competition. It was probably just a competition that I was in. Yeah. No one else was actually <laughs> knew what was happening at the time. I like your chances to win those. Yes. Those are good. I just thought of one in college at a bar. We had a bit of a karaoke competition, but the thing that the it was sitcom theme songs you had to you had to sing, and it was a performance. And I didn't win, but I should have. What did you I, sing? I sang the theme song to Different Strokes. Mm-hmm. Now the world does. Remember that one? Uh, no. Do you remember Different Strokes? I, can, no, I need I another. I need another second or two now on the that. World does. The beat of just one drummer, but might be right for you, but not be right for some. Right. A man is born. Anybody? Nothing. Nope, nothing. nothing. But I hear okay. you, man. Okay, you sing it. Different strokes it yeah. takes. Different mm-hmm. strokes. Yeah. You know oh, when? hey, I'll tell you. I was, uh, I was in a Halloween costume yes, in Vegas. Yeah, I was in a Halloween costume. Uh, it was a costume contest. Contest. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for the word. Halloween costume contest in Vegas in a club. And so me and my buddies were in Vegas, and it was Halloween. We're going to go party. And it not it had not dawned on us that, yeah, okay, everybody in the club's going to be dressed up. It's Halloween. We <laughs> thought we're just in town, and it just happened to be Halloween. We weren't going there for Halloween, but we're like, well, shit, we can't be the only ones in the club not dressed up. So what are we going to do? Well, we happened to be watching the Reservoir Dogs on TV, and I said, "Man, we're going to the you're going to the we're going to the store. We're all buying suits, and we're all going to get all the gear." We talked to uh, the butler downstairs. He got us all name plates, name tags made, Mister Orange, Mister Blue, Mister Pink. <laughs> we got all the same sunglasses. We all got we all went to Men's Warehouse or wherever and bought suits, and we I, we even had like the gun holsters and all the stuff, and so. We went to, uh, we're like, okay, now this is good enough. We're going to, you know, we're not going to look like a couple, uh, like a bunch of ass not dressed up at the party. We get to the party and there's, um, they're going to have a contest. We didn't know that. The people are coming into the clubs with their only intention is to be there to win the contest, right? So they show up five minutes before the contest starts, enter the contest, win or lose, and leave and go to the next club to try to enter that contest. And there's thousands of dollars on the line. And their outfits were eccentric 
and full on, like Hollywood uh, perfect. There was a Wizard of Oz group, and I mean, they were decked. Mm. It was, they had spent a load of time on this. Hell, they might have flown in from LA, for all I know, <laughs> just to do this shit. But it was like four grand if you wow. won. And so they would pop in, and everybody's like, holy shit. They stood out like a sore thumb. And so we're all standing there going, damn, look at these guys. No, they're going to win the contest for sure. And so the the waiter or somebody that runs the bar comes over and goes, do you guys want to enter the contest? And we're like, what? And this lousy shit? We're not, <laughs> we're not that, you know, is it, is it even obvious what we are? Right. right. We're ha- you know, we felt like you'd have to explain it to anybody. And uh, the guy's like, oh, we'll tell everybody that you're the Reservoir Dogs. It'll make sense. Just go, you wanted to enter? And we're like, fine, we're entering. There were only like five people or five groups that entered to win three spots. And we were the fifth worst by a long shot. There were, there were, the other costumes were beyond eccentric and, and, and really over the top. The Wizard of Oz wins first place, and they get like two, four grand or something. They immediately win, get their money, and leave. Go to the next bar. They've uh, they've got a plan. They, they know probably got another contest. Yeah, on. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they yeah. know they know by talking to the other clubs when their contests are going to happen. They keep they go to each one to try to win as much as they can. Yeah. And we finished second, and there's no way we should have, <laughs> but uh, we ended up getting second. And uh, won a grand or something. Wow. We took it out to the um, roulette, walked right out of the club, right to the roulette table and doubled it on black. Wow. Oh, you put all $1,000 yeah. on one oh, color yeah. and yeah. you doubled it? Yeah. Oh, that would have been That's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Gosh. Yeah, wild night. Yeah. That is fun. Yeah, uh, that was uh, J.R. Rhodes, yourself, it, I think Muscles, Chris Long. Yeah. I don't know if he's a Bubba and Bra- Sean Brawley. Sean Brawley and Brandon Sucks. Yeah. T.J. Majors. Well, that's more than five now, but I that, don't, yeah, yeah, I think maybe they was there. I can't remember, but, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. maybe TJ wasn't. Um, anyways, yeah, there you go. That's hey, that's a fun segment, man. You like that? It's viral. Yeah, there you go. It's way better than name what you called the show. <laughs> We're trying them all. Honey roast. <laughs> We're trying them all. <laughs> so, uh, do we want to? You know, if you listen to the uh, episode we did that was live from Daytona. Uh, we talked to Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss about Project 56 and uh, or whatever that's what is it, Project 56. What is it called? Garage, Garage, 56. Garage 56. Yeah. So um, they're gonna you know go to the Le Mans and race this car, the next gen car. We got invited to go right, go go there and have a live show, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. we did get invited. Yeah, did, I'm, I'm curious did, if you're your download. Yeah, going to Le Mans, and we felt like in that moment uh, we were uh, really honored by that invitation. In that moment and in yeah. the moments afterwards. Yeah. I fell honored. Yeah. But are we, and then I, we walk out of the building and Mike looks at me and goes, Are we really going? <laughs> I'm still <laughs> wondering, actually. I am too. So we haven't made a decision? No, we haven't made a decision. We haven't talked about this and you know this. Uh, I know this, but I'm also doing a podcast where we're trying to talk about it. So I'm saying, Have we made a decision? Um, uh, so do we want to make one now? <laughs> Our wives aren't here. <laughs> I can't, I can't you know, I can't make these types of decisions without making sure the kids can go, the wife has all the thing, you know. It's not just a I'm just going to jump on it. a plane and head on over there. I got it. So the it's a big the, production. This is the dilemma we are in. And Alex jump in if you have an opinion here. Um we on the show 
accepted that invitation loudly and proudly and said, mm-hmm. we're there. I think that's what Dale's that's alluding right. to. We said, we did. yes, we are there. We did. Afterwards, we go, are we really going? And that's the, the other way to ask that question is, do we get a hall pass to no. go to France? And do we get a hall pass to go without our wives? Or no. do we get a hall pass if we invite our wives and family? And so Dale's saying, no, I, we don't get a hall pass yeah. if, if we don't bring them. So the question is, is then, are we bringing our wives? And... Our kids? I'm probably going to have to bring the kids. So I bet you that's not what they offered us. Nope. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think that they're trying to do the all-expense-paid-for vacation trip for two families of four, <laughs> <Yeah>. total <laughs> eight people, to mm-hmm. go to Lamar, maybe check out a race just to do a podcast. We better go down, We better go home and get this <laughs> sorted out. Yeah. Um, have you even brought it up to Amy? Yeah. We've talked about it, but, I mean, it's coming quick. It is in June, isn't so, uh, it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we need to sort this out. I'm thinking it's unlikely for me to get there this year. But, I think you're right. Yeah, but man. You know what? What an incredible opportunity we're passing up if we don't go. Right. So we got to continue to work on it. We're going to keep working on it. Okay, everybody. Uh, it's, been, it's been a great week here at Dirty Mo Media. Actions detrimental. Door bumper clear coming out on Monday. We've had a good run here for Dale Jr. Download this week with – uh, Dirty Air, Tyler Reddick, and, and now our Thursday show is wrapping up. Don't forget, today as well, um, you have Dirty Mo Doe with Steve Letarte. Make sure you, spe- uh, you, you check out all the stuff we got going on here, Speed Street and everything else uh, that's happening uh, at Dirty Mo Media. Thanks for all the support. Hope you've enjoyed this week. Everybody have some good luck there in Phoenix. Hopefully uh, all the racers enjoy what they're doing, and we have some great racing on the racetrack. And, um, yeah, until we see you, we'll see you. Check out, check, check, check out Dirty, Dirty Mo Media. Check, check, check. check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out, check, check. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs>